Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm really honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I cannot wait to see it unfold. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. That's B-R-I-A-N. When life throws you a curveball, how do you respond to it? It's very natural to think that a bad thing just happened to us, but what if you considered the possibility that this bad thing is exactly what you were asking the universe for? Let me explain. A friend of mine shared this analogy with me uh, at one time, and I think it's very accurate. Asking the universe for something is very much like ordering from Amazon. The minute you place the order, it's on its way. But when the delivery driver knocks on your door, you suddenly have second thoughts. You pretend not to be home. You tell the driver to go away. And you don't realize that you actually are being given the thing that you wanted. You want to arrive home from work safely and have a flat tire, but didn't realize that the flat tire actually saved you from being exposed to a drunk driver in the wrong lane who could have hit you head on. Or starting a business and wanting to wrap it up only to find that you lost your job before you thought you were ready to take it on. Those are just two examples of many, but be thankful for whatever happens. Life always happens for us, not to us. And the extent to which you really believe that will be reflected in the amount of peace that you have in your life. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. My guest this week is Luke Peters. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Luke Peters is the founder and CEO of New Air, one of the most trusted compact appliances brands in North America. He started the company as a side hustle out of his garage and has grown into over 50 employees and multi-eight-figure sales. New Air's product categories have something for nearly every part of the home, including heating and cooling, wine and beverage coolers and much more as a serial entrepreneur he is the founder of five companies and hosts his own podcast called page one he's schooled to take in a product from concept to high volume sales at places such as home depot lowe's walmart and amazon he's extremely proud of the team that he's built at new air and attributes much of his success of the company to the dedicated people that represent the brand every single day he's also been ranked as one of the fastest growing private internet retailers in america for three consecutive years according to inc we have so much to talk about today so here we are with my very special Special guest, Luke Peters. Luke, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Excited. Hey, yeah, me too. So the first question I normally ask everyone is just give us a feel for how you started, what your background is like. You grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, didn't you? Well, a family of donut makers and newspaper deliverers. So yeah. Okay. Uh, 
But yeah, no, we did. They, you know, my dad, um, so I came out from Ohio. My fa- my family moved out when I was just a newborn, basically, and came mm-hmm. out here to, you know, enter the donut business. My parents were um, both teachers in Ohio. They came out here in California because my, I, I believe, because my dad's brother had uh, initially moved out here and found some success. So they came out and, and started, uh, that and then since then you know other businesses uh, throughout the family as well but yeah how it started you know i was just as a kid i always worked um you know i was like nine or ten years old flipping donuts graveyard shift in a donut shop and then um had newspaper routes and then when i was through college paid with a um paid my um college tuition with a swimming pool business so that and then sold that business worked as a hazardous waste scientist but always kind of you know didn't want to keep doing that because it was uh it just seemed a little slow or stale and then always kind of had the entrepreneurial itch and uh started a business um at the same time as i as i was a hazardous waste scientist and was able to kind of launch and and that's what new air has uh, you know kind of started from that is so interesting and that is a wide variety of things you go to making donuts to flipping newspapers to servicing pools and then you become a hazardous waste scientist how does that happen (laughs) yeah well brian it's like you know um a lot of things in life are unplanned you know some of them you know you go to school but you go through you know i got like i joke around that in community college i have a phd because i was there so long so Hmm. you know i kind of wanted to go to medical school and and so i did a lot of natural sciences and, and physical sciences and, and, and learned a lot. So that's how I, you know, became the hazardous waste scientist, just got a degree in microbiology and then went to work for, um, kind of a branch of the EPA for that. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's totally different than business, totally different, but it's still a lot of critical thinking. Uh, I mean, there, there's still, it's definitely the education is, um, it's fun to have cause you know, there's so much, so many real things you can apply to life, but, um, but as far as business goes, you know, every business still takes someone who's going to like wake up and create something new or, you know, really move to action instead of just consuming information. So they all yeah. kind of have that same thing in line. Right, right. So you started New Era as a side hustle. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So I was um, I was working the whole time. I was working. Um, in fact, at the end, I was working on this project in, in a town called Topak, which is ran the Colorado river. And it was like an Aaron Brockovich type of case, same exact situation, you know, the chrome mm. six in the water dealing with uh, PG and E. And so a big, you know, massive, uh, in, you know, big interests were involved in those cases, but I was doing that. And then at the same time I would come home at night, work on the business, develop the website. Back then it was just all direct to consumer. Um, and then my wife during the day would just, uh, basically, you know, answer the phone calls and fulfill the orders. So, and then we, you know, wake up the next day and repeat. Wow. How long did it take you to get to 50 employees and eight figures in sales? Um, let's see. Eight, well, 50 employees longer, you know, probably like 12 years. Wow. But then uh, eight figures. We probably did that after like four years, five years, something like that. That is amazing. What does it take to get from zero to that? Um, it takes a lot more to get from zero to a million. Mm. You know, that, that's a lot, that, that's a tougher one because, because then, you know, you can start building a machine that's, you know, that that's repeatable. So the first million is harder. And also it just depends on industry. You know, we're selling, you know, our, our average order value is like, you know, 200 ish or so. So that's pretty good, you know, cause some companies, some industries are like really inexpensive products or even services might be harder. 
So, um, but yeah, it takes um, making sure you're in the right industry, having the right team, and you know, going after the right market segment to start with. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Obviously, your your family was supportive of your entrepreneurial journey because you came from a family of entrepreneurs. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. So we always that that would be you know family dinner conversations. You know, my brother had a business, and my parents, and actually two of my brothers. So, um, or more than that, actually, you know, I've come from a big family, so it's I'm thinking back. So along the years, like all, a lot of them have had even sisters as well. have had their, their own side hustles or businesses. So actually my little brother was, um, he was first to the internet. So he was, he had a great company and that's kind of, he gave me the, kind of the confidence to leave my job, um, and start a business because he already was super successful selling uh, computer electronics parts. Wow. That's amazing. So what was your first year and like, Luke? So first, yeah, first year was, um, so that would probably be 2001. And, uh, and like, and like I said, when I was telling you about that story in Topak, I, I guess when I left the company it would probably be in October of 2001 is kind of when, you know, very in the infancy of the business, that's still a side hustle, mm-hmm. but, uh, that that's my, my birthday's in October where, and I remember being at a big meeting you know, with PG&E and stuff, and I'm getting all these phone calls. And uh, it was really, you know, it, it seemed like to them, everybody's calling me because it was my birthday, but it was my wife calling me to ask me all these questions about what customers had on the website. And, uh, wow. you know, by then we knew, okay, we had kind of hit critical mass and, and, and this thing was kind of an animal of its own. So then it just mm-hmm. kind of grew from there and we were able to kind of step off and, and work on it full time. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you know when it is the right time to jump from, working for someone else to working on your own. I mean, I, I imagine if you're doing it as a side hustle first, I think that's probably the smartest thing to do because you have at least a little stability while you're trying to build something. But would you say that the tipping point is when you feel like it takes more time to build, to work on your business than it does to work on your job? Yeah, that could be, you know, the, the thing about the side hustle, it, it really is tough. Um, I mean, there, I wouldn't say there's an obvious time, like I have enough you know, expertise to tell you when the cutoff is, you just know when it's right. You know when you're making enough money to pay your bills and then if yeah. you're left one behind. But but the, the tough thing about a side hustle is, you know, in order to start a, a successful business, it takes so much more than I think people, um, you know, estimate it's going to take. It's kind of like, you know, having a, a baby, you know, for people who've had kids, you know, beforehand, they know it's gonna be a lot of work. Then you got that kid, you're like, whoa, this thing, this is like a life changer, you know, our life has to revolve around this baby. And that's kind of what it is with the business. So people say, well, okay, I'm just gonna spend a couple hours or I'm gonna work. But that's not, you're not gonna make it, you're not ever gonna leave the the job. I guess the point I'm trying to say is for that thing to transform into your main role, it's gonna take way more than you think it's gonna take. And um, I guess the point I'm saying is, Another alternative is to save up money and really be able to leave quicker, you know, yeah. because if you, you've only give yourself a couple hours to work yeah. on the side hustle, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Exactly. We've got a minute or so to our first break. So, Luke, I would love to ask you, what is your big why? Why do you do this? Yeah. I mean, at first I, d- I did it because, you know, I got myself into this crazy business and I was, you know, I mean, it's it sounds funny, but it's probably surprisingly common. And that is, you know, you initially might have some fear. You're like, whoa, like I've got myself into this thing. I have to make it successful, you know, for my family and for the employees. So not, not fear in a, in a bad way, but in a motivating way, like, 
Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, there's people that depend on you. And so that, that is the, you know, initial why. And then right now it's, you know, to build a great company with, um, the, the most trusted name in compact appliances. That's fantastic. We are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Luke Peters. And we are talking about starting a business from a side hustle to growing to over 50 employees to eight figures in sales. And I'm going to ask him a lot of questions about how you build companies, how you balance work and family, uh, how do you decide what you want to do, what are some of the greatest lessons he's learned in starting a business. And some of these things I think are transferable very easily to our own situations. We'll be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Toginet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Luke Peters. And if you've not picked up my brand new book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2, based on some of the best interviews from this show. If you have not gone back to listen to all the episodes of the show, which I hope you do someday. We've had over 350 episodes now. But you can just pick up the book as easily. It's on Amazon. You can get the Kindle version. You can get the paperback version. Kevin Harrington was in it. Uh, Chris Powell from Extreme Weight Loss was in it. Dan Locke, Alex Stern, who was one of the co-founders of Constant Contact. And we talked about how he was part of a $1.1 billion buyout. That was fun. So lots of people in that book. Get that on Amazon. So Luke, let me ask you, building a business is never easy. And you've built five of them. What are some of the obstacles that you've encountered along the way? 
Yeah, I mean, well, this a million of them. I mean, the first thing is when you know when you start out building a business, you try to do everything yourselves, and I and I still can sometimes do that. I'm a lot better at delegating right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's the first one is hey, you know, learn to delegate, but then be careful not to abdicate. You know, where you just give everything without kind of putting structure and accountability in place. So that's a huge uh, clarification that people have to really think about when they start delegating. But and then, you know, when you delegate, that means you got to build a great team. So, yeah, usually you are the obstacle. And um, Mm. that's that's the first and biggest one. And you got to build that team. That is such an interesting answer. And I would agree with you now that you've said it in that way you don't grow beyond your ability to do the things that you need to do. So I love that. So what has been your worst entrepreneurial moment? Um, wow. It's, it's hard to say worst entrepreneurial. Mo- I mean, the tariffs are pretty bad this year, so yeah. <laughs> that hasn't, that has not been a good one. Uh, that that's really upset the apple cart for everybody. So I'd say near term, that's probably the biggest one. If you can think of any, anything that's going to hit your uh, gross profit, like, like that, nothing's going to hit it like tariffs. Um, you know, in the past, we've had, um, you know, one time we actually had a guy break into our business and oh. went after it, you know, tried to injure people. And oh. it, yeah, because he, well, he knew people inside. This is more than 10 years ago. So that was pretty bad because, you know, he had, uh, I, you know, I didn't know it, but he had an issue or a known an issue with somebody who was working at the company and like, it's, you know, they thought that person, you know, flirted with his girlfriend. Well, anyways, he ended up and he actually went to, um, went to jail for that. So that was a, a serious deal. Oh, so that's pretty bad. Luckily, you know, it ended up okay for everybody on the team. Um, but that was a pretty bad one. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting when you said that I had to flash back to an idea for a novel that I did not write. And if anyone wants to use this idea, they are totally free to do so. I will not seek recourse, but I used to work at a call center and you know how people sometimes get really upset about being called. I thought, what if somebody was so bent on revenge that they found out where you worked and decided to create a hostage situation at your place of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, nowadays it's like, there's so many crazy situations you hear of already. So it's nothing beyond is beyond uh, belief now. Absolutely. So what was your biggest aha moment? When did things just really start to click for you? Yeah, I mean, really, that would be so. We did make a big pivot around 2012, 2013, where we switched from a you know 100% direct to consumer to more of a um, wholesale B2B model, where we're selling our product to other large retailers. And I mean, that was a really big aha moment, as far as because I had to change a lot and I had to, you know, build a different team, totally different team, because it had to be more sales focused mm-hmm. and and better accounting structure, mm-hmm. and uh, still doing that to this day. Sadly, it's taken me a long time, but. You know, you keep learning. And yeah. um, that was a big, a big aha. Like, hey, why am I trying to find and market to all these customers when, you know, Home Depot and Wayfair are way better at that? They know mm-hmm. how to do that. I know how to make the product. So let's have that type of relationship. Absolutely. Joint venturing can be so critical because it benefits everybody if you've got the right offer and the right partner. So we've sort of danced around what you do, but we've not really talked very specifically about what you do. Tell us what your companies do. Sure. So we, so right now, you know, and it's been in several companies uh, through the years, and now we're focused on the new air brand, which is uh, mostly wine coolers, beer coolers, some heating and cooling products, ice makers, uh, fans, and a lot of some kitchen products that also fit into that. But a lot of um, beer and wine uh, and ice. 
And, um, you know, those products, like I said, you know, average order, like average tickets around, you know, two, three hundred dollars, but they, they can range up to, you know, over a thousand and then down under a hundred. And as we were just talking about, it used to sell a hundred percent direct to consumer, meaning, you know, on a website and then mm-hmm. change to selling through these other large retailers, um, you know, some of the large mass and, uh, home improvement retailers. And that's where the model is now. And then also have, Another company that is called Retail Band, and that one focuses, um, it's, it's a consulting company where we help with um, business strategy and we help other companies that we've, we've been through so much through the years that we have a lot of skill sets and knowledge here to help other companies um, kind of achieve their goals and just with the processes that we put in place. So we'll notice a lot of companies are strong in store but they don't know how to win in digital. And that's where we can help them as, a, as, as an example, right? They, they started from the other end. We're yeah. a little bit unique in the sense that we started on the digital end and now we're moving towards the in-store side. Yeah, I would imagine some of the older companies probably fit the scenario that you described where they started brick and mortar and they're still not sure how to embrace the digital thing, even though that's it's been around for a while. And I would imagine younger companies are maybe more adept at doing the digital thing and aren't sure whether the brick and mortar is something that they want to do. Am I right about that? Yeah, totally. Totally, Brian. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. So it's a lot of those. But even some new companies, what we also see is a lot of companies are only focused on Amazon. Mm. That's it. You know, they think Amazon is everything and, and, and we can help them diversify and and win at other channels or other, you know, so it's usually those two sides where we can help. Yeah. And there is a little bit of a danger in relying upon one distribution channel. I mean, no one thought Blockbuster would ever go away. And here we are. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's a good idea. Amazon is a great channel, but it's a good idea to have multiple channels for sure. So Luke, let's talk about building companies. I know there's a lot that goes into it. You started this while having a job and raising a family. How did you find time to do all of this? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, under really learning time management is, is important for everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, you know, help teach to mentor some of the team here about time management. So let's start with time management. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I work a lot, you know, cause I enjoy it. And, um, but the thing is, you don't need more than for an eight-hour day. Everybody can get their eight-hour job done in four or five hours, is my opinion. And that most of us uh, overthink too many things, you know, spend too much time doing things that aren't important. And so, really, learning time management. There's, you know, I've read a, a bunch of books, which I'm forgetting the names of them. But, um, but I, I think it really comes down to something simple, and that is. You know, really think about what your most important things are. So thinking out shortly through a month, okay, what do I really need to do to make this happen? Writing those things down and then waking up every day and actually working on that list because, you know, you spent some time to say, hey, this was more important than everything else. So I guess back to your original question of, you know, how to start a business is start with time management because I think I see too many people, all they do, they want to start a business, but all they do is read. You know, mm. listen, I mean, they're not actually doing anything. Right. And uh, another great quote that I heard was um, create before you consume. So yeah. that's another one I try to live by, you know, so how do I do it in this time? I kind of I try to I don't watch too much TV. I don't watch the news. Try not to read the news. And I, I try to create before I consume. So because there's too much consumption and consumption is great because it makes us all smarter. But at a certain point, you know, you got to do things. And um, yeah, so. That's where I'd start as far as the time management goes. 
Wow, that's brilliant. Create before you consume. And you know, it's interesting because you're not going to get rich if all you're doing is consuming. The people who are making the hay are the ones who are creating something for other people to consume. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on my newest business, I literally woke up one Saturday because I usually work every morning, um, every morning of the week. And um, from from my house, you know, because I'll come into work a little bit later. So I usually will work in the morning because I know once I come into work, you know, I'm going to get a lot of meetings and questions. And so even on the weekends, um, it's every morning. I'm just, you know, in the early, put some time in. And uh, literally my new business, I mean, it, it's nothing, you know, nothing extraordinary as far as the business model goes. But it is in a way because we have I have no competition on this new business retail band. And yeah. I just came up with the model one uh, Saturday morning. You know, I just said, hey, I want to do something new because I just wanted to. I started writing down ideas. Okay, what are things I know and things I know in the you know, and, and do they have an addressable market? Mm-hmm. And so that's how I started brainstorming these different ideas yeah. of which businesses I could create. And that's, um, anybody can, can do that. And yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. Just, yeah. I was going to ask you about what your due diligence is like when you were thinking about starting a brand new company. Okay. So, well, great. I mean, I just did this one. So in, in this case, you know, I spent the morning coming up with these ideas. Then I, yeah. Created a one-page business plan, which basically said the services the company would offer, um, what the positioning of the company was, um, how it would charge for those services, and you know the positioning kind of addressed how it was different. And that's that's about all you need. Uh, there's there's probably a few other things I had in there, but you know it's mostly like a one-pager. Then I was fortunate, you know, to have some really, you know, good mentors and people I could bounce ideas off of. So I did that. And everybody thought it was a good idea, um, which the problem is when you're a business owner, sometimes you get too many people saying your ideas are good. Mm-hmm. But but um, but the people that I sent it to, uh, I think, would have pushed back if they didn't like it. Yeah. And um, that's that's how I as far as like, you know, understanding if the idea is good or bad. That's how I was able to, you know, kind of get that assurance. Yeah, that's fantastic. We've got. Less than two minutes to our next break. And let me ask you this. Uh, do you have a specific philosophy on hiring people? How do you know who you want on your team? Yeah. I mean, look, we're, I'm, I'm always naive, so I like everybody. Um, I'm always just very, you know, usually optimistic and, and naively optimistic. But over time, um, you know, we go, we, we built a process. That's number one is have a process. So have multiple interviews, multiple people touching them. But I would say quickly the most important thing that we do is for most um, higher level positions, they have to present. So we give them a problem. It's usually a, a hard problem where they're not doing it here and they come and they present the answer. So if it's, you know, somebody in sales, they would have to come and present, you know, what they would do in sales or how they would lead the team or whatever the case may be. And it's usually challenging. And that yeah. has been really, really good. Fantastic. We are coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Luke Peters, and he has built multiple companies. He started as a side hustle in his garage, and he now has companies that generate eight figures a year. What an amazing, amazing story. And we're going to talk about more when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about, uh, gosh, creating a corporate culture, the importance of communicating with your team. Uh, the transition from business to consumer and to uh, selling through distribution channels, which we alluded to a little bit earlier. We'll talk about so much more. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll return.
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. I have a virtual summit coming up on January 29th and 30th of 2020. You can sign up at authorpreneurlive.com for free. And if you've ever thought about writing a book and you want to learn more about that, or if you have a book and you want to learn more about marketing and leveraging that book, you can attend for free. It's a virtual event on the 29th and 30th of January 2020, authorpreneurlive.com. And the recordings will also be available for sale, and it will not be that expensive at all. So if you want an archive of all of the recordings, access to all the recordings uh, going forward, you can do that as well. So, Luke, we talked a little bit about hiring people. Once you've hired them, you have to learn to trust them because I tend to be somebody who wants to hang on to stuff and not delegate. And I'm sure that was part of your background, too, but you have to learn to let that go. How do you do it? Is it hard? It is, but you know, you get, you get wiser with time. Right. And, yeah. uh, and then you realize like, here's the thing is w when you, you know, when you're able to hire people that are better than you, you, it's pretty obvious you want to delegate. And also exactly. there's just no way to get everything done without doing it. I mean, you have to build the systems and, and it was a lot easier this time around when I'm building this new business. It was like, I was all about the systems from the very, very beginning. Um, and, uh, and, and mostly just staying on the strategy side, but, you know, not having to do the day to day and, and all the activity work. Absolutely. And to build companies like you have, there has to be a very intentional corporate culture, doesn't there? I mean, does it start with a code of honor or a value system? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a good question, Brian. I mean, it's different for everybody. I'm not, um, the raw, raw type of guy, you know, cause yeah. I feel a little, uh, corny, you know, if I'm being like, I, I don't, I'm not good at being fake. How about that? In a conversation, right. like if we're like at a, you know, cocktail party or something that that's not my strong suit. So what happens is, you know, I'm not that person up there spouting off a bunch of stuff. Um, cause I'm always, you know, I'm a kind of person where, you know, 
I, I, everything I, I want to try to say everything truthfully because I'm not smart enough to remember everything I say. And so the way I do it is, you know, we definitely have our, our core values and, and they're focused around trust and integrity and accountability. Okay. And, and, and the, and one of the key core values though, is a no gossiping policy. So what happens is, you know, you build in your core values and you're always going to have you know, it's like an 80-20 rule in life is you're going to have an 80-20 rule in the business. You know, you're going to have people who are, and maybe more of a bell curve, you know, you can have some people who are really passionate, you know, they really enjoy working there and hopefully that's the majority. Yes. And then you're going to always have some people in them, you know, who are happy, but it's, they're not, you know, that they're not spouting out. And then you're going to have always people who are just a little disinterested, right? But what you really want, you're always going to have that. But what you want is you just don't want gossiping. Gossiping to me is like the biggest killer of culture because people who are going about their day having a good time then someone starts gossiping and brings them into it and all of a sudden they're like oh i didn't know so-and-so said this and then they they kind of feel like you know they're now brought into the 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 war of words so that is one absolute thing that um we discourage Absolutely. And communication with your team is really critical. I think the number one complaint of employees is they don't feel like people are transparent. I'm talking about people in management, that is, not transparent. So how important is communication and transparency in your team? I mean, it's perfect. How how important? It's super important. But how you know, able are we to achieve it? It's always a challenge. And um, yeah. good news is, you know, we just won um, one of Orange County Register's best places to work. So we're really proud of that designation. And um, we're, tr- you know, we do, you know, we have monthly lunches and sometimes we'll even do assigned seating. So, you know, we mix up who's sitting next to each other and then we address the company. But at the end of the day, um, there can always be improvements to culture so that and, and to communication. So that's something we're always working on. But what a lot of staff don't realize is, you know, we can't just say everything because there has to be some privacy to other right. conversations. So it's so tough because it's like you want to say things, but you can't. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some people on the team might think that we're not communicating. But um, I think every company's going to have that challenge, you know, is is there there. Unfortunately, we just can't say everything we want to. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about your pivot from business to consumer to focusing on distribution channels such as Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart. What was that transla- uh, transition like? You're you're moving into the online world with these retailers, right? Yeah. So what happened was we were selling 100% direct to consumer at the time, just had a website and, and sold third party on Amazon, some eBay. And um, I started up another company to because what happened is um, business had grown steadily like every year, but then it would it was the growth was slowing because right around 2012 all of these other um, retailers started selling online, so they started basically competing for SEO space. Let's yeah. Put it. And back then, you know, the discovery engine was Google, not Amazon. So people were going to Google, and if you were on page one, you're great. If you're at the top of page one, you're even better. Yeah. So it started getting more challenging. So I started a business, um, brought in products. It was called Luma Comfort. Uh, you know, it still exists, of course, but brought in uh, products under, with the Luma brand. And we created the, you know, really focused on beautiful designs in the cooling categories, misting fans, evaporative coolers. And we started um, offering those products to these retailers. So in, 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 it was surprisingly easy, hmm. you know, you're able to. And I was like, whoa, this is I like this business. You know, you have less customers and you can focus on the product. And so once that model kind of uh, proved itself, then we, you know, moved the whole new air brand that direction. And, um, and that's kind of where we are today, focused on that direction. 
Absolutely. So when you approached these big box stores, did you have a sense of what they wanted and what they looked for? Did you ask them or did you ask around about that criteria? How did you know what to do and what to offer? Yeah, good question, Brian. So remember, this is so this is big box online. So yes. you know, Wayfair Online, Home Depot, Best Buy, yep. com, those those type of guys. And so what would happen is we could do our own research. You know, you'd go into the category, you would see your competitors or not, and you would see what it, it, it comprised that category. So if it was the heating category, if it was the wine category, and then you would have to find the buyer that managed that category, and then you'd contact that buyer. And so it wasn't really about um, asking them because it was already created. The category is already there. Sure. About fitting or winning um, in that category with your brand. Oh, that's wonderful. Do they have a probationary period where they test your offering first to see if it's something they want to continue with going forward? How does that work? Well, since, you know, we are already proven, we're pretty strong online already. And Good. Luma was a new brand that, you know, it was easier for us. We had some credibility. Um, but yeah, if a new brand's coming in now, it could be a little bit more difficult. They may have to prove themselves through a, through another channel, probably like and like a channel like Amazon, they take everybody. And these other channels are they don't quite have the endless aisle like an Amazon might have. Mm-hmm. So um, you may have to prove yourself to get a buyer uh, to get a buyer's attention for sure nowadays. Absolutely. So on a macro level, how do you identify opportunities that you want to take advantage of? Is there a litmus test or a criteria that you use? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is experiential because we're in. So the the thing is, we can go into new categories, totally new ones, um, but it, those tend not to work as well as going deeper into our already uh, yeah. successful categories. If that makes sense, right? So, mm-hmm. so as an example, we're selling, um, you know, wine and beer fridges and you know, coolers for the inside the house. So we just went into a category that's um, an outdoor category. So these same products, but outdoor. Um, they, the price points are higher because the product's got to be outdoor rated and has some other certifications and um, just a higher quality product to survive the the elements. And we don't have exact market information on it, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of assertions we can make. Mm-hmm. And there's also, um, we know what we're doing and depending where we're ranked. And then we can look at that category and, and have a pretty good feeling that it's 20% of the total sales but then there's less competition, and then we can make an estimate of how big we can get in that category. And we can also talk to buyers. Often buyers are going to be your best source of information right there. Um, mm-hmm. They're usually pretty tight-lipped, but you know, if you can build your buyer relationship, they're not going to give away confidential information, but they could say, oh, yeah, that's a great category. You know, It's, it's yeah. a fit of this one or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. There are not a lot of people who have built eight-figure businesses like you have. What skill set do you think it takes to pull that off? Well, I mean, I'm gonna, and I'm not saying this just to to sound humble, but I'm telling you, like it, I'm, just, I was just a regular C student in high school, so anybody can mm-hmm. can build. It. I think it's more a matter of uh, putting in the effort, and mm-hmm. I think that's what I was fortunate to get from my parents was just grinding away. Because, you know, when you were, when you're when you're growing a business, there's so many times when you just want to take a break or stop yeah. or even give up sometimes. Yeah. And it's really natural, actually. So if anybody out there is feeling those emotions, I mean, that's super natural for an entrepreneur because, you know, usually you're going to have these bounces back and forth. So I think the biggest thing is just um, 
is, you know, being naive is actually kind of a blessing sometimes, you know, I'm I'm a little positive and a little naive and just jumping into stuff without asking too many questions. Right. I think that with a good work ethic is a good combination. I think, um, uh, being extremely prepared is also great. That was never my MO. But the problem with that is that can also help a lot of, uh, hurt a lot of people. You know, they're kind of like they spend their whole time preparing, but never doing. So there's that yeah. balance that you have to, you have to thread. Absolutely. We've got two or three minutes to our next break. Tell us about your podcast, page one podcast. What is it about? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So the page one, so it's a lot of fun I'm doing. I mean, just like you're having all these conversations, you get to meet all these great people. It's so much fun that I found it to be so much fun. So I'm, um, interviewing people who are um, leaders in that, mostly in the housewares industry, so housewares and hardware, so usually in the consumer products and uh, learning how they built their businesses or talking to marketing experts. I just had a couple great conversations with marketing experts, talked to um, uh, you know, a leading um, intellectual property attorney and uh, you know, talked to an M&A, top M&A person. So it's all focused in that category. And uh, I get pretty deep. We go, you know, 45 minutes or so. And I like to dive down and, and understand, you know, all the details about their business, get some uh, specifics on size and how they got it to that point, but then get some insights that other business owners can use to grow their businesses. Absolutely. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, let's see. I'm coming up. Probably, I probably got about 20 episodes recorded. And, awesome. And so still pretty new, but I'm kind of getting, you know, I'm understanding it now and enjoying the flow. So I'm learning, I'm learning as we go. It's like a, I mean, you know, who would have known, but it's a completely new skill set. and I didn't do a ton of research ahead of time, but I figured I got enough network that, you know, I can make it work. Yeah. When you went into this, was there a plan to leverage this for your business somehow? Yes, but not in an advertising way, but more in building my network. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I want to, I want to interview and know all the top leaders in our space. And, um, that's the, the key I think is, is knowing those top leaders because building that network is really for retail band for the consultancy would be, mm-hmm. you know, it would be great to have with that. So that, that's what I'm trying to do. Great. And where can we find it? Page one podcast with the number one, you'll find it on iTunes or you can go to retailband.com. Fantastic. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how fast this is going. My very special guest is Luke Peters. What a great ride this has been. And when we come back down the stretch, we come and we're going to talk about a lot more. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. 
This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And if you've not picked up my brand new book, Success Profiles Conversations with High Achievers Volume 2, please go ahead and do that. It's on Amazon. The Kindle right now is still 99 cents. Get it. It's amazing. I think you'll be very, very happy with what you learned. Or you can go back and listen to all the episodes of the show. That'd be fine, too. So, Luke, let me ask you, how important has mindset been to you while building your business? Because this is a long journey. It's a huge roller coaster. It is. I mean, I've gotten really, really better, I think, over time. So, like, I I think I've... I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a patient person. Like I always want things to move fast, but I think I withhold opinion, um, really well lately. That's something I've been working on by the way. And, and I think, uh, like as a mindset, that means that I try not to rush to judgment. So it's been mm-hmm. really important because, you know, this, you're getting, things are happening all the time and you just got to stay down the middle, you know, like for example, the news on the tariff, you know, it's like, yeah, like they're already in, you can't like follow it every day and hope it's going to go away and then get bummed out when it doesn't it's like you just got to kind of grind and say hey right. this is it is what it is so mindset is is key yeah do you have a consistent morning routine that you follow to get your day started right yeah i mean nothing nothing crazy but you know wake up and uh you know have a cup of coffee go to work then uh kind of help get the kids out yeah I usually uh, drop my daughter off and then head to the gym or go surfing so that's yeah. that's the early morning and uh yeah i like to start with some sort of workout or surf um yeah. And, you know, back to work. Yeah. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they hear a great idea, then they hear another great idea, then they hear another great idea, and they want to try everything. But how do you avoid the shiny object syndrome? Well, you know, that. And that, listen, I fall, fall and pray to that, too. So we've tried a lot of new um, strategy measures over the years. So first off, you know, if, if you have your MITs, that'll keep you um, focused on the top things. So MIT standing for most important things. And if you do that, then you'll stick with your most important things and that'll keep you away from shiny objects. The other thing is just having a firm strategy with your team. So we're literally in the middle. I mean, in fact, tomorrow my team's, uh, presenting their strategy for 2020. And then we're going to come up with a one page strategy plans for each objective. Mm. And, you know, by spending time planning, then that helps not having yeah. to jump shiny objects. That is awesome and amazing. So here's the question I know you've been waiting for. Let's talk about the most influential books you've ever read. Okay. So uh, I'm joking around with you, but yeah, pulling up my um, Audible. So I've got, of course, you know, The Think and Grow Rich um, and, you know, so many other books like that. But I'll tell you a couple of good ones. So I just read The Road Less Stupid by Keith uh, Cunningham. That's I've not, I've not heard of this. Okay. You got to read this one. Listen. <laughs> It's a, it's another, it's, it's another book that, you know, he just outlines a bunch of things to do, which can get repetitive with business books, but yes, the road, less stupid, highly recommended, um, you know, man's search for meaning Victor Frankel. That's a great book. Uh, I've got some, I'm not trying to name them all off, but, um, 
you know, the black swan I thought was a really good book. So, so there, there, there's many, many others, but, um, recently the road less stupid is and the reason is because just for business success, and this is probably geared towards people who already kind of have, you know, they're five employees or more. So they've got a business up and running, but it, there's so much wisdom in that book. Um, it's outstanding for sure. That is awesome. What has surprised you about your journey? Well, probably getting here because I would have never thought, I mean, like I said, you know, I was, uh, you know, working on cars and building engines and surfing after school and took me forever to finish college. And so, um, but you know, I don't really think a lot about the past and the future. I just kind of get up and, and do what I need to do. And I, of course I have my goals, but I, you know, I'm not, uh, super nostalgic about, you know, thinking about where I am or whatever. Cause I mean, look, there's a lot of other people have successes outside of business, you know, that are far surpassed what I'm doing. So it's not really, I'm not really counting it like that. So, um, but you know, when I was 18 or 19, I never, you know, thought that I would be in a position like this. So definitely fortunate to be here. That's fantastic. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business? Well, I think when we did start that new company in, uh, 2012, when we made that pivot, that was, that was a big risk. Um, you know, we brought on a new team to start it, business plan, some money outlaid during that, had to buy inventory on products that were unproven and they were season it was seasonal inventory, so it's pretty mm-hmm. risky. Uh so that was probably at that time the biggest risk we did. Absolutely. Now I know that you have bootstrapped your entire way yep. through this and you have not gotten investors. Why did you not do that? Um, well, we just haven't needed to. So I guess a lot of people will take investors, you know, of course we have, you know, we work with banks and have bank financing now, didn't have any at the beginning, but, but you know, that's all collateralized. And, um, you know, you take investor money either when you want an exit and you want to take some chips off the table or you need it. And so just haven't, um, been in those positions yet. Yeah. Why do you think people seem so geared toward getting investors? Do you think it's the rise of shows like shark tank that glorifies it a little bit? No, look, I mean, in some companies that are that need a ton of scale, getting investors is great because they can supercharge that. So, you know, if you you know, if you're like in a, you know, I'm just saying a social channel or something where you need to win, like you like there's only one winner in that category. Well, you're not going to you're going to have to get investors or someone's going to beat you to that position. Um, And there's a lot of other examples, too, where, you know, getting investors can be great. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's the thing is you're going to lose control. And you also have to remember, you know, some, you know, why are you doing it? Like you yeah. want to, you know, I enjoy coming to work. I enjoy the team I'm with. I enjoy uh, leading the company and, uh, you know, and, and I also just enjoy, you know, the, the family aspect, you know, I get to talk about it with the kids and, and it's something we have and hopefully they can learn from it and something they can think about doing their own when they get older. And so I think, uh, you know, getting investors changes that now, now you're reporting to somebody else and, yes. uh, you know, you've, you've lost control and it just changes that dynamic. And so it's, it's right for some companies and some people, but not for everybody. Absolutely. What is the scariest thing you have ever done? Um, oh, probably some, uh, probably a trip in Mexico that we probably can't talk about on air, but, um, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. A surf trip in Mexico that we narrowly, uh, escaped, uh, and survived back across the border. But now, I mean, there's pro- probably that. Yeah. So wow. basically we went down there during El Nino and, and, uh, and, and it can, depending where you camp in Mexico, it can, I love Mexico by the way, and spent a lot of my time in my early twenties down there. But uh, this time it was kind of dangerous where we ended up camping out and, uh, we kind of learned, uh, that you probably should camp 
uh, in safer places. So but we made it back. Right. Absolutely. You referenced Think and Grow Rich a little bit ago. Tell us how that has influenced you. Yeah, I think it grow rich is, is such a great book. And I know it's, you know, everybody talks about it. But the thing uh, I think about think and grow rich is that when you read all of these other inspirational books, they all kind of copy think and grow rich in Napoleon yeah. Hill. So, um, you know, whether he was the first, I don't know, I'm not a historian, but he seems like he was the first author to really penetrate that idea. And, you know, you have to have a burning desire and you have to have action after, you know, followed after that burning desire. And, um, I, I think the book inspired me because he has, he's such a good writer and he brings up some incredible stories of people in the book. I think that's the best thing about that book. Mm -hmm. He didn't just give you a checklist. Like you need to do these things. He, some of the stories are amazing. If you have it on, you know, audible version, it's great for the kids to hear it. And it kind of gets you fired up about, wow, you know, some of these people have created so much from so little. And then he gives you enough examples and enough, uh, um, research that he's done. And then he gives you the roadmap on how to do it. And so I I love that book. Yeah. And I love the idea that he had Andrew Carnegie as his mentor to guide him. And he just opened up his Rolodex and said, you interview all these people. I mean, what an amazing opportunity. And that's one reason why I love doing my shows. I get to talk to a lot of really, really amazing people. And sometimes, the questions that I have and the guests that I have, it's because I want to learn specifically from that person. And yes, if I feel like I'm having a coaching session in front of the world, but I ask questions that I think everyone wants to have an answer to, but sometimes I ask questions that I really want to know. <laughs> it's funny. It's the same thing in my podcast. I'm like, what, what can I learn from this you know, individual that I'm interviewing? So I love it. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Burning desire is absolutely important. Having a plan is also very important, but taking action is the most critical part of it. I think sometimes with things like the secret and you think about how it talked about manifestation, they didn't really address the idea of taking action. I mean, you can't just sit on your couch and just hope that a million dollars flies and crashes through your roof and onto your lap while sitting on the couch. You have to actually do stuff that makes you deserve to have the result that you want. And I love Think Grouch because it, you have to take action and it talks about that, right? Yeah. And and uh, yeah, you just burst my bubble. I thought I could just hang out and, you know, a million and I'd have that million. Yeah. But um, no, I read The Secret and I, here's the thing for young people, especially, I, I don't think they realize how hard it is. Mm. And I think when as you get older, you know, you get wiser. And why do you get wiser? Because you've been slapped around a lot. Yeah. Know? Like in a good way. But it's just like life has slapped us all around. And then you, it toughens you up. And and that is what a lot of entrepreneurship is born out of. And yeah. uh, and a lot of it's written about in that book. Yeah, absolutely. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, Luke, what advice would you give to him? Well, well, there's, I'd probably, you know, move a lot quicker <laughs> in, in a lot of the decisions that I made. So early on, I, you know, took – I mean, the business grew quickly because, quite frankly, we were just in a great – it was just easy pickings at the beginning. You know, we were right after the dot-com bubble. So if I had been more organized then, probably could even be double the size and I could – probably even be better off. So that's, that's probably what I'd be focused on if I had a, you know, second chance. Yeah. Um, but you know, everybody can say that. So there's no, there's no second chances in life. Yeah. Do you think the 18 year old version of yourself would have listened? No, not at all. I think everyone says that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was very good. That's a good, that's a funny question. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. not. Is there a bucket list item that you have yet to fulfill? Yeah. I mean, listen, I want to go traveling around the world and surfing and mountain biking with the kids. So 
Um, still waiting for one of my kids to actually want to surf, but they, they mountain bike. So I can, I can do that one. So we've done a lot of it. I'd say we're, we're, we're pretty good on that one, but I want to do more traveling, more surfing, more mountain biking with the kids. Absolutely. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, uh, hopefully as a good father. Um, yeah. you know, I've got six kids, six kids, Brian. So I got a, so that, that's my priority right there. And, um, I just, you know, good father and a, and a good person. And, uh, you know, at work, listen, whatever you do, there's always going to be ways that people can poke at you. But, you know, inside, you just have to know that, you know, you did the best you could and you were, were fair and honest. Absolutely. And as we wind down to the end, Luke, the question I ask everybody, who inspires and motivates you? Well, you know what? I'll put that back to, to the kids. So, you know, when you're young, you know, you can have motivation, financial motivation and, and motivation, you know, to get freedom, which a lot of business entrepreneurs go after, which is great. It's a key reason to go into business. Yeah. But then, you know, if you, if you do have a family, um, then as you get older, you realize like, well, you're doing all these things, but at the end of the day, you know, you're doing them for your kid. They don't realize it right now, but, um, some of them do my oldest and you know, my older ones do, but, yeah. um, yeah, that, that's definitely what, uh, keeps me motivated. Fantastic. A minute until the end, Luke, how do we find you? How do we vibe with you and try with you? <laughs> Thanks Brian. Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just Luke Peters, um, or you can email me at luke at newair.com. And, uh, you know, love connecting with people and answering questions or helping if I can or any uh, anything along the route. Fantastic. Luke, it has been a joy having you on the show. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you. And you ask great questions. You're fast paced. So I learned a lot uh, just being on the show with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so very welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening to Success Profiles Radio this week. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern as I interview another world-class achiever and learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can take from their journeys. And until next week, you all have a good one, everyone. I know the Christmas holidays are soon upon us, and I hope you have a great week. We'll talk soon. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.